My name is Jason Salomi and this is Perfection, an Athlete's Perspective. What's up guys, welcome to another episode of Perfection, an Athlete's Perspective and today we have a very good friend of mine, uh, someone I've been trying to get on a podcast for weeks, <clears throat> but you know, he's, he's finally here, he made it. He is currently part of the GB bobsleigh setup, former quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end for Coventry Uni, Leicester Falcons, and the Tamworth Phoenix, and is currently a CFO global prospect and founder of the very, very esteemed performance company, A1 Elite, and he also has a master's in performance specialism. Marcus Abansky, how you doing, man? Um, I'm aghast to that intro when you say that. <laughs> I was not expecting that. But... Um... Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Obviously, when when you asked me to come on, I mean, I'm jumping at that opportunity. Whatever you're trying to, well, f- from what it sounds like, what you're trying to do with this podcast, I'm I'm just excited to be a part of it. Yeah, man. So, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm happy to have you on, man. I'm happy to, I mean, I wanted to have you on because, uh, obviously, we've been working together for, for a while now. And mm-hmm. you, you kind of helped change my mindset about about training and, and and different you know training methods and stuff like that and, and made me look at how I trained previously to how I train now and stuff and I, I wanted to, to to speak to you about it um in a public setting and hopefully maybe people you know look at you and your training in general and then question what exactly they're trying to get out of out of uh, out of training and, and maybe even refocus their goals <clears throat> so so the first question I have for you um, and this is a question that I was I was kind of mulling over, like looking at some of the stuff you do. Being a a, a multi sport athlete, you're obviously training for for bobsleigh and and American football. How do you balance that? Is there a certain way you approach that, or are you just kind of just freestyling? I'll tell you what. I I used to be big on balancing things. I used to be big on tracking every aspect. I still do to an extent, but the main way that I'm balancing things is I just kind of relax with it. And I, I take my own feelings into account a lot more. Mm. Um, what I'll try to do now with training is because I know that both are anaerobic, so they don't really use oxygen. So I'm unfit as hell and power based. As long as I can get in some kind of power stimulus I, and I can track it and ensure that I'm still moving forward. A big part of a one elite is, recording things and making sure that they improve yeah if at the end i'm never going to do something that doesn't contribute in some way so if i you know i take a week off and i'm like oh you know i feel awful about this and i retest my broad jump and actually it's looking really good i'm gonna i'm gonna be like okay cool i need more rest (laughs) i need to stop being hard on myself um and And, that comes from that balance aspect you were saying no i mean you, you said you wanted to you keep track of your feelings like how, how do you do that because that's something I've definitely struggled with myself um kind of balancing whether or not I'm being quote-unquote soft or you know whether or not I'm genuinely tired or whatever how do you make sure that it's just you know you're, you're getting the best out of yourself you know what Jason, that's something that I need to kind of look at. How do I actually track how I feel? I'm, I'm not sure I do. I just, maybe that's an aspect of of kind of taking some control and not letting training completely dictate my life. And again, just 
bring that balance to things you know it can't be all about you know this needs to be done because if i don't train if i don't you know push through things being hard it that i'm not going to get what i want mm. it's, sometimes it's a case of some days you'll you'll not want to do it yeah and if those days the day after you've not felt like going to train and you perform better then you've made progress towards that yes it might not be maybe the whole point of a training cycle is to get more fatigued to burn off that fatigue later and relax later but sometimes it's a case of why am i going to push if one i'm not getting the best outputs i can to to improve and two you just don't feel like it that's how you begin to resent things and how kids burn out as, as they you know start playing from when they're young and all they want to do is win and all of a sudden you know they hit 18 or around that time they're in the prime of their life and they're like you know what i just don't want to play this sport anymore yeah man. maybe that's part of it is still enjoying it yeah definitely man i think that's that's interesting you say that because you, you you see a lot of a lot of kids i mean for example i was never the most athletic kid in in my secondary school but mm-hmm. i've ended up playing my sport longer than everyone that i went to school with and i, I find that it, it it must be because obviously I, I enjoy it, um, you know, in, in some aspect because, you know, I, I play, I went to school with some terrific football players and terrific track athletes mm-hmm. and rugby players as well. And, you know, I, I even reached out to a guy that I went to school with recently and I was like, how can we stop playing football? And he just, he said, like what you say, he said, I just fell out of love with it. And I, just, I couldn't even get my head around, you know, falling out of love with, with American football. It's just something that seems so foreign to me, even when, I can't be bothered to, you know, to actually suit up and, and play. You know, I yeah. think I'm always going to be involved in, in coaching. I mean, you, you know, speaking of coaching, you're an actual head coach now. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> how, how, are you, how are you preparing for that, man? That must be kind of uh, kind of weird to be a head coach. At, what, you're 25, aren't you? Yes, sir. Um, that's, that's, that's weird. How, how does that feel, man? Um, it's... I'm really gassed by it because one thing that I always wanted to do at Coventry was make change for the better, but you can't do that when you're just some player. Yeah. And I guess I, I never, I never wanted to be a head coach. It sounds. <laughs> <laughs> you are now. It sounds, it sounds, I, I knew I wanted to affect change and uh, I could see a lot of issues that I wanted to fix. A lot of the time, I didn't know how I was going to do it. And to be honest, in some ways, I still don't know how I'm going to deal with them. I just know my end goal. And I know that I'm probably going to mess up a whole lot along the way because I'm, well, to be fair, I've I've almost finished the season as a head coach now. If I think about it that way, I've not had to do anything. But if I see an issue, I'm probably going to mess up. And that's fine. I've got great staff around me. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, Cassian stays on. Who's the who was the DC? I've okay. got great coaches. Uh. Well, I'm, we talked about it before Adam Biggs, who who were at Cov Uni before, who I can reach out to and just say, look, what's what's happening? How can I change things? He's the man. And yeah, just the guys who have come before me have laid down great foundations. Yeah, man. No, that sounds good. Okay, so you're obviously a head coach now, and you, you you've got a lot of experience training athletes. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, how important is it to be open-minded when it comes to training? And do you think most athletes um, are open-minded? 
That is a really good question, actually. Right, you know, what? I'm glad I didn't prepare for this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, I don't like, I don't like people with like come with rehearsed answers. I like to get their genuine, you know, genuine answers. So yeah, how how do you think? Um, do you think most athletes are open minded? So, athletes being open minded, I tell you what, a, a lot of athletes are. I'd say a lot more athletes are open-minded than closed-minded. Yeah. I'd probably say that very good athletes are mostly quite closed-minded because they've always had success and what they're doing. Did I say talented? Yeah. Talented athletes who have just always been good. They haven't like, you know, they'll go to Mackey's, they'll have some chicken nuggets and then they turn up to training and they perform their best. And they'll say, well, I don't need to train properly because I, you know, what I'm doing is working. I'm the best in, in the pond. Mm. So it's, it depends how many talented athletes you got. I think they're more likely to be closed minded, but guys who have always struggled or been on the cusp or who haven't always been the best, I think maybe that's where that stems from. You yeah, know, definitely. why you and I are similar is that we've not, we've never been, great mm. you know we've been but i mean I, i've seen your film at portsmouth maybe you were great <laughs> we've always been you know there's always someone that we've known who's better yeah and definitely. we've always been hungry to do better and maybe that's why we're more open-minded and want you know are open to all these different ways of training like yeah. i look back at my old training and i think like what was i doing to to think that was the way but then i'm also glad that you did it. You know, it's come full circle and I've been able to be like, well, these were the errors. These is this is why I wasn't quite where I want to be and why, you know, this next training cycle is going to be better and this next training cycle is going to be better and on and on until, you know, you move things forward. What yeah. do you think to that? No, definitely, man. I think I think it's like you say, uh, you know, it comes from me and 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 you wanting to be to be better because there's there's something that we either see ourselves missing or there's something that someone else has that we kind of want you know in terms of athletics or I don't know performance um but you know it, it might it might be the same for you as well but I just genuinely um have like a, a real issue and I kind of always have had a real issue in like being rubbish at something like mm-hmm. I kind of I always get frustrated at myself like if like for example I have this this silly obsession with completing every game I have to 100% um, mm-hmm. and, and I've, I've been like that since I was a kid every single game I have um, be it on PlayStation or PSP whatever it was I had to get mm-hmm. the most the most out of it in terms of value for money and knowing that in myself I've given this game the best amount of playtime that it possibly can have and I think mm-hmm. that's, kind of, that's kind of carried over to my training like if I know that like I've genuinely exhausted all options and like let's say for example my ceiling is playing in the GFL one, then mm-hmm. I, I genuinely am, am happy with that. But until I could, I feel myself, I've given, you know, a hundred percent in, you know, whatever, whatever's possible, then I, I don't really, I always find it hard to accept that, you know, I'm, I'm not this or I'm not that I kind of need to be, I kind of need to feel that I've given my all yeah. pretty much. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think it's, uh, when it's really interesting you mentioned this because I was just thinking about this because I've had quite a few people inquire about A1 Elite and I feel like they're in that same boat. Yeah. And the thing is, I didn't feel that way before. Before I thought I was really on an island of I want to be the best I can 
and why aren't people why aren't people that same way why are people okay a lot of the time with and there's nothing wrong with it i'm not saying that there's something wrong but why is it that it's you know people are okay with being okay you know Mm. why is i get i wouldn't call it excellence but moving towards better and the best that you can why is that so difficult for people to want to to be you know and they're they're happy just doing all right yeah and ever since you know i met you and a couple of other guys i'm starting to realize like yo we're we're in this together you know (laughs) there's there's a couple of us man there's a couple of us all over the country man Mm -hmm. um and i noticed as well in your in in your a1 elite bar i don't know if it's still there but i noticed this This is the first thing i saw you spoke about um leveling up britball what does mm-hmm. that what does that mean to you? How and how how are you gonna achieve that or how are you gonna help achieve that? Leveling up Britball is all about good athletes, man. Yeah. Like there's no shortage of excellent knowledge. Like that's really accessible. We can go onto um all kinds of different websites that will explain coverages and actually there's I'm I no affiliation with him whatsoever, but this guy called Receiver Teacher on Instagram where he's putting up how to identify um, personnel. So, you know, running through 10 personnel, 12 personnel, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, And then also how to identify coverages for receivers. And he's doing a brilliant job. He's making it really easy for someone to say, okay, this is a cover two, this is a cover three. This is who's covering the short zone. This is how you know what the linebackers are doing. This is how you know um, if it's an even or odd front on, you know, the D line. Yeah, and the thing is, most people don't like. Most people don't know that in Britball. No. Um. So he's helping up, le- helping level up Britball. But the main aspect I want to attack is the physicality. Yeah. Because better athletes are in better paid sports in rugby and mm-hmm. football, as in uh, soccer. Soccer, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> hockey and all these other sports that you think, oh, you know, they shouldn't have good athletes that's where all the good athletes are going and track and field of course that's where all the good athletes are going so if we want to make brickball better um we need better athletes it's like if if i gave you the choice if i said look i'm gonna give you a rookie say say you're a head coach jason switch roles yeah i give you a rookie and i say this guy knows absolutely everything there is to know about football he knows exactly where he needs to be he knows how to cover this he knows all the concepts for each other or you can get a physical freak i'm gonna give you dk metcalf on your this <laughs> oh my god i'm taking DK. which one are you gonna I'm pick take, i'm taking dk man you're taking dk I'm taking DK, man you have it's to just because like he doesn't do you know what i mean he doesn't need to know absolutely everything he just yeah. needs to go do what he does yeah yeah definitely. at any position boy could play o-line yeah deep one yeah especially in d2 100 percent he could play o-line and that's why i feel like the physicality aspect is what we need to work on yeah. imagine if 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 all the div 2 o-lines just started going to the gym instead of to the pub the difference oh, that would man. make <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I was president at, at uni, University of Portsmouth, I was president from uh, 2016, 2018, so my second and third year, mm-hmm. uh, end of my first year to uh, third year, I, it's, it, you just, you kind of realise that like, to compete with, you know, the top teams in the country, you just need like a base level of athletes, 
I just remember yeah. thinking that that exact same thing you just said. Like, imagine if every lineman in the country just went to the gym, like just like three times a week, like the basic, mm-hmm. the basic, you know, three main lifts and then you know a few accessories or whatever. Just imagine mm-hmm. what that does, like across the board, and it's just something that I think because, like you say, a lot of the best athletes, you know, phys- physically do end up playing rugby and 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 football and and you do you do sometimes get you know guys that are that used to be track guys that end up playing you know for teams and they're, they're good athletes but it's like you say it's it's pretty much mm-hmm. a dime a dozen you don't really get loads of premier athletes playing this sport in this country yeah and I, I think it comes down to like maybe incentive or maybe you know we don't our only hope or similar story that we can relate to is fa obada you know yeah. we he's a guy who is struggling went to a team they said yo this you're incredible and then you just get shipped off to the nfl and yeah yes it's relatable but it's not it's not a true british guy when i say true i mean like they played in britball they didn't just yeah. play two games at the warriors yeah who did all their work did all their hustle and then worked all the way to such and such league yeah 100%. And, and maybe that's why there's that disconnect of and why they can't see the incentive and maybe that's what the the ukfl is gonna bring you know? hopefully ukfl i forgot about that <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that takes off hopefully that takes off man hopefully um, hopefully so obviously you've got you've got a master's in performance specialism mm-hmm. what would you say if you could summarize one thing is the the biggest thing that you found in your research uh, so just just to clarify, it was in strength and conditioning, but I'll take this. <laughs> um, but I'll will take performance specialism. I love that. <laughs> um, but the biggest thing I learned was probably that I don't know anything at any point, and I'm just I'm this is the thing I'm just repeating in a way everything that makes sense from other people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the main actual stuff that I found out, probably the main thing is that strength as in general exercises do not transfer to field performance as much as we think. Okay. That's probably like if I take the best sprinter in the world, I'm not going to say, yo, you get your squat up, you're going to sprint faster. Yeah. I'm not going to tell him that. If I take the best um, you know, baseball pitcher, if I take the best cricket bowler, if I take the best um, Can you winger that? in rugby, it, it's not always going to p- be a case of you squat more, you deadlift more, you bench press more. That means that you're going to um, perform better. Mm. As an example, that, as in a, a relatable example that people will probably get an idea of, was I saw the other day um, Glenn Tunga, big man, running back, extraordinary, incredible athlete, power cleaning 130 kilos. Yeah. And this guy is strong. This guy deadlifts 300 kilos. Yeah. Probably more now because he's a machine. I think he's. I think he told me that he's gonna attempt three twenty at some point. But yeah, he's he's ridiculous. Hundred and twenty. That's not like seven hundred pounds. Yeah, it's big boy weight, man. Seven hundred pounds. That's. <laughs> yeah. So he's a strong guy. 
Yeah. But he was power cleaning 130. And I know his front squat is like around 250. Yeah. My front squat is like 150 kilos max. Like yeah. 100 kilos less than this guy. Yeah. But will power clean roughly the same. Yeah. Now you would have thought that, okay, squat more, power clean more. That's, that's kind of how it relates. Mm. But that's not the case, even on very similar exercises where just a little bit more velocity and all of a sudden, like that's we're we're basically the same. Yes, yeah, he's yeah. stronger. Yes, he's probably more robust. Yes, he'll have more muscle mass and stuff. But for some reason, on a, this very particular exercise, that as an, as an example, that's pretty much mirrored. Yeah, as in our performance. And then you take that onto the field. I think we scored very similarly on change of direction, and I, I think maybe he jumped a little bit further i can't remember exactly yeah but i can't remember this either, is actually. like it's the disconnect between strength and power and then on field performance is so big that maybe we need to start looking at exactly how we're training and the nuances there to actually improve performance yeah um sorry that was a that was a long-winded uh, one what what do you uh, think for that work because you've a seen a little bit of a1 elite and what we do i mean it is it's what you what you've spoken about is, is is very interesting because the one of the first things you said to me is like um when, when i first reached out to you, is you i gave you my numbers and stuff like that and you spoke about the difference between like hardware and software mm-hmm. and and you spoke about like this you know my my issues my imbalances i'm not coming from like strength or whatever or it, they might mm-hmm. be coming from strength but in different kind of places um mm-hmm. They're coming from uh, basically not being used to certain movement patterns and and not yeah. being strong in those patterns, and mm-hmm. you know since then I've kind of looked at I've spent a lot of time looking at um, especially NFL DBs and how they actually move like like not just how they backpedal how they actually like are moving like you know where their their legs are going when they're planting and like how their knees cave in when they're going you know left and right whatever mm-hmm. and. I've noticed and it's kind of helped me kind of stay focused with, with what you've been trying to get to do with me. I've noticed that a lot of the things that you're teaching me have actually helped me move better because, you know, you know, sometimes after a sprint session, you know, I might just do like a few like little back pedal pedals or like plant drills or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'm now moving in a way like more efficiently. I, I'm able to, to stop on a dime in less steps. And I, I've never... Mm-hmm. I didn't think that came from, you know, being, you know, more mobile or being stronger in a certain position. So, no, mm-hmm. it's it's, it's, def- it's definitely interesting, man. It's, and it's something I think a lot of people in this country, in I think in all sports, really, could definitely look into. Mm-hmm. Bro, I'm gassed you're seeing the benefits of that because it's, it's really hard sometimes to be like, look, I know it's not as quantitative. I can't say like, look, your squat went up. But it will pay off. It's really tough to do that. So sticking to the progress and seeing those results and seeing like, yo, all of a sudden my hips feel a little bit looser. It's good, man. Yeah, it's gonna man. keep going. No, definitely. I man. just it's trying to get that out to Britball. Like the issue is not your your squat. It's sometimes something a little bit different. You know, it's really no, tough. I mean, have you have you had any? You know, from from what you've you've just explained to me and what you've studied have you had any pushback against against your findings have people been like resistant to i guess change uh yes a lot of the time because it's 
I mean, as as an example, before A1 Elite was even named A1 Elite, um, it was just like a group of Coventry Uni guys who were trying to get better. Yeah. And one guy, I, I have it on my Instagram, actually. This same guy who put like 64 centimeters on his broad jump because he he was squatting about 1.6 times his body weight. He was 85 kilos, I think it was. Okay. And squatting about 130, 140, 150. I think it was 150 or 160 because he yeah. always tells me I get his numbers wrong. <laughs> um, but he just stopped lifting. And I said, don't worry about it. Okay, just practice jumping if you want your broad jump higher because you squat all the time you don't broad jump yeah and all of a sudden he's just like he keeps every week he turns up we'll we'll measure his broad jump because we were actually in a gym we had a community and stuff and yeah. he would just keep going up and he was like why is this happening <laughs> <laughs> you're doing what you want to get better at you know yeah but definitely. that initial stage of getting him to stop lifting he's like oh you know just a couple of squats here and there i'm like it, it's not like it, why is a couple of squats yes you get to squat but why is that gonna improve your squat or improve your jump you're not squatting enough to squat more and if you squat more it's gonna fatigue you for the jump so just just cut it out for a bit you know come back yeah. to it when it's time to come back to it yeah and we you had arguments about that <laughs> no i think you know where i think it comes from i think you know i can, I can relate to it i think people kind of worry that their squat is going to go down and then you're just going to come mm-hmm. back to squatting and you're only going to be able to lift the bar and Trust me, yeah. everyone out there, that's not how it works. Like, yeah. <laughs> you you will be able to get back to exactly where you were before. You might even be able to go up, you know, if, if you're, you know, if that's your your goal. But um, there is something that I, I want to just before we 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 close, I want to ask you what what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes you see athletes make in general? Yo, poor measuring. Number one is measuring stuff. Stop hand timing things. Oh my god! <laughs> Please, you do not run a four four. I, I don't mean that. Mean yeah. that to be disrespectful to anyone, because I, I I am the least like jealous or whatever person out there. I, I genuinely want to see people, you know, do well. But yeah, please, mm-hmm. please measure. But yeah, go on. Uh, do you remember at the at the CFL Global Combine when we had? Andy Ousu, he was there and he ran his 40. Yes. And yeah. he, he said the guy at the end, he was hand timing it. Yes. Um, I don't know why he was there hand timing it because we had the electronic time anyways. Yeah. But then he told Andy, yo, you ran 4-5 there. And Andy was so gassed. He yeah, was, man. Yeah, I remember He that. was so gassed. Like, yeah. I, I was gassed for him. I was 100%, like, 100%, bro. I was like, damn. That, yeah. That guarantees his place on a CFL team running a 4-5 as a UK guy. At and two, the natural number two thirty, yeah, he's huge. Yeah, he's a big unit. <laughs> yeah, I was like, damn. I, I mean, I thought he was fast. I was like, that, that's crazy. Yeah. That's that's like Olympics for you, bro. Congrats, fully. And then the electronic times come out, and it was like four nine seven, I think it was, and it was yeah. like raw. Okay, so <laughs> he just got lied to. <laughs> <laughs> well, not lied to, but misinformed. You know, that's how much it can it can vary and why it's important because if if you imagine that you're trying to track your improvements in speed and every single time that you press that hand timer you could it could vary by half a second jeez yes that's a massive thingy then it you know seeing that 0.01 improvement in your 40 yard time all of a sudden it, do, it doesn't mean anything 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because you'll probably need to take about maybe a hundred forty-yard dashes and then average them out on the same day to then get an idea of exactly how fast you are and then see how that improves. And that's just not feasible. No. So instead, use something like huddle technique, uh, my <laughs> jump to my sprint. There's loads of apps that you can use to get that idea. Um, well, get a very good idea, pretty much spot on of exactly how fast you're running. Yeah. Run a program and then see how it improves it. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. I think, um, no, go on, yeah. go, go ahead. No, I, I, I think, um, I think a lot of people are, are kind of worried about that because, you know, you, you kind of, what you, you want to think that you run as close to or near an NFL athlete, but, Mm-hmm. This is something that you showed me as, you know, sometimes NFL athletes and, you know, pro athletes aren't running as fast as they think either. Oh, damn. Uh, no, no, I mean, this is, I think this is something that, uh, you know, I, I showed you a screenshot from Lester Spellman today. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he's he's big on talking about this. You know, he's, he's been talking about it for a while. And I, you know, I've got a lot of personal pushback about this, you know, trying to, trying to suggest that certain all pro running backs run four six forties and you know there's there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. But you know the the narrative that, that everyone is is running like a four four or four three um yeah you know it's 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 interesting to put it that way because there are I, I call them whistleblowers. I think you're one of them, you know, less is one of them. And <laughs> there, are, there are there are guys there are guys that are, that are going back and you know they're doing the necessary measurings not it's not adding up and you know guys are pulling up at the 37 yard line and it says 4-4 and getting recording at 4-4 so it's 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 interesting we'll we'll leave it at that man we'll leave it at that hey no absolutely not (laughs) to number two of my mistakes that athletes make is appealing to authority just because somebody has, I think this, yes, it's, it's a case of, well, uh, it's not, it's not a case. Let me rephrase this. A lot of the time, the numbers released to the public from the NFL, not in the most recent ones, kind of like a little bit older, seems yeah. like 2015 and before, yeah. where the 40 yard dash and agility numbers and stuff, they're not entirely accurate. Mm-hmm. And I think because it's the NFL, people are like, oh, it's the NFL, so things must work. But I know from personal sources that a lot of the time, it's a lot more about selling a product, selling the narrative of this guy's fast. And, and, you know, look at the caliber of athletes we have in the NFL. Um, not so much the CFL, they're very accurate in how they do things. But this, this is the caliber of athlete we have. And it's so much better than anywhere else. How could anybody ever get into the NFL because these athletes are so good? But a lot of the time it comes down to who you know, how much your name is worth. As an example, you know, when Saquon Barkley was coming into the NFL, they're never going to say, oh, he wasn't fast enough. Like the guy's got, a, a you know, a massive um, following and record at Penn State. Why would he, you know, why would they get rid of those fans? who will become NFL fans by just saying, oh, yeah, you know, you didn't meet the cut. They're going to tweak the numbers a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be the same for all these star players. Um, and if you have a coach in the UK who's, yes, they've been to America, yes, they've experienced all these things, that doesn't necessarily, they're going to be good coaches. 
you know, because they've had this experience with the NFL or um, the, or the like at colleges and stuff, because how do you know that they're going to convey that message properly? I guess the mistake I'm trying to get at is that athletes need to think for themselves to an extent. And I always promote this. Yes, you know, try and listen to the numbers and have them dictate what you do in training and stuff. But ultimately, it comes down to you and your accountability and you're accountable for your own beliefs and your success. You can't hand that to anyone else. That's, that's what big, I'm trying to get at. No, that's big, man. That's big. I'm going to take that away from you, man. I'm going to take that away. I'm going to, you know, and I hope I hope other people do as well. It's, it's about being accountable for yourself and making sure that you personally have, um, I guess, a, a belief structure and, and, and confidence in yourself and be confident enough to know that you're right and if you don't think you're right then then go into the uh appropriate appropriate people but marcus it's, it's been uh it's been good man it's been really good i've really enjoyed today man <clears throat> hey man every time i i don't know what it is but the energy you give off man it gets me gassed <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i just i appreciate you having me on here and and i'm i'm honored to even be able to give my opinion on anything so i appreciate yeah. it a lot man no, I think, yeah, you, no, nah, I've wanted to have you on for a while, you know, obviously, you know who I've got coming up next, I'm not going to say too much, that's going to be fun, um, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, guys, you can find uh, Marcus on Instagram, it is at A1E underscore Marcus GB, all lowercase, and for his performance company, A1 Elite, it's at A1 Elite dot gridiron. Um, but yeah, Marcus, it's been a pleasure and I will speak to you soon, no doubt. See you soon, G. All right, peace.